Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. We are awaiting the possibility of a Trump indictment. It would be the first criminal case filed against a former president, unprecedented in American history. And it all hinges on the alleged falsification of business records for a $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. We've heard from people like Nancy Pelosi and people on the left, and they say, oh, well, Donald Trump's not above the law. Well, sure, you know, I'd agree with that. No one's above the law, but he's also not below it. He's not the first person in America to pay someone off with an NDA, and he's certainly not going to be the last. We all know why they're doing this. They look at Trump as a trophy, and they're willing to burn down the country and the rule of law to try to get him. They've been pursuing this witch hunt from Donald Trump from the day that he announced his candidacy for presidency. They'll stop at nothing to try to get him. I mean, I don't have any faith in government anymore. Do you? They've corrupted the Department of Justice. They've corrupted the FBI. I don't believe there's an equal application of the law in this country. Certainly not out of the Manhattan DA's office, not in New York City. We'll talk to former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker. He was the acting attorney general under President Trump about all of this, what he thinks about the case. We'll get into the details of the case, what you need to know about it. And also, what does this all mean for both former President Trump, but also the country moving forward? What sort of precedent does this set in America? So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this conversation with Matt Whitaker. Matt Whitaker, it's been a while since we've caught up. I wish it was under different circumstances uh, than this clown show that we're going to be talking about here. Well, yes, I agree. You know, uh, typically people call me on their worst possible days. And so, you know, obviously you're not calling for legal advice, so that's good. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, you know, what's going on right now uh, with Donald Trump and the Manhattan DA is unprecedented and it's a little crazy. I'm sure most people listening are just shaking their heads. We're awaiting this possible indictment. This is the first criminal case that would be filed against a former president. Are they going to do it? The inner workings of a grand jury are very interesting. Um, You know, we had uh, Michael Cohen's uh, former lawyer who went in on Monday and I think maybe gave the prosecutor and his team a little bit of pause. I mean, you know, you 
ultimately, you have to get uh, a supermajority of the grand jury to vote for the indictment. And your star witness is a convicted felon and somebody whose whole goal in life is to, you know, get Donald Trump and to punish Donald Trump. I just don't think that makes a very attractive case, certainly to a, a trial jury, but I think even to a grand jury. If I'm, you know, a citizen of this country and I'm looking at this fact pattern and I'm looking at all the legal jumps, which we'll talk about in a little bit, that they're going to have to make uh, to make this case. I'm not sure there's a choice, Lisa, that, that you know, you have um, either what the, they can vote in either vote a true bill on the indictment, which means they vote to approve the indictment and the process moves forward, or they can no bill it. And it's very rare for a grand jury to no bill uh, an indictment presented to them by a prosecutor, but it happens. Um, and, and, and it, and it shows that they're actually engaged. I mean, it's often been said that a grand jury wouldn't die a ham sandwich. And I don't necessarily agree with that extreme of case, but it's a very low bar. It's probable cause standard, not uh, what, you know, again, we'll talk about later, the, trial jury is going to have to consider, which is a um, beyond a reasonable doubt standard. So I think it's going to be um, a close call even to get an indictment tomorrow. And, and if they do get an indictment, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be complete and utter chaos for a while. You know, and we're talking about a grand jury in New York City, a liberal city. So what does that kind of grand jury look like? Well, it's going to look like the citizens of New York City, the citizens of Manhattan. So it's going to skew left. You know, a lot of them are not, you know, big fans of Donald Trump. But I hope, we, Lisa, that we're not in a situation in our country where uh, people just like lose their reason and common sense. You know, when I give uh, closings at trials, um, I, I always talk to the jury about just, you know, that they did not check their reason and common sense at the door. And I think these grand juries certainly the grand jurors can certainly use their reason and common sense to look at the facts uh, and decide whether. They think that's a crime. Um, I think there's a lot of people that, that don't think it's a crime. Certainly a lot of people that don't think it's a felony. Um, you know, uh, whether or not he altered a business record, um, you know, that's a misdemeanor in, under New York law. And I don't see that the the elevated, the way they're trying to elevate this to a felony is going to be successful to me. Ultimately, but we can, we can get into that as well. Yeah. You know, of course, the allegation is that there was a falsification of business records for this $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. From your legal perspective, does it look like a crime was committed here? Yeah. I mean, and that's that's a great question. I mean, you know, sort of these, these you know, that that's going to be a question uh, that the jury's going to have to wrestle with if it goes to trial and that, uh, that an appellate court is going to have to decide what the law is on that is, you know, is characterizing something as a legal fee. Um, this, you know, the same as a, you know, as a settlement expense, you know, I think that's a, I think that's probably a closer call than a lot of people maybe originally would think until they kind of consider it, um, you know, what this was for, you know, I mean, and then, you know, what they're really trying to say is that it was a campaign expense. And I can tell you that, you know, while I was acting attorney general, the Southern district of New York looked at this fact pattern, this exact same fact pattern on the idea of a campaign finance violation. And they determined that it, it wasn't a campaign finance violation. And I'll tell you why. I think it's a, you know, it's a really interesting question. Uh, first, a little history, you know, they, they tried to do this, you know, remember John Edwards paid, uh, you know, his, um, uh, a fair, a fair partner, if you will, I don't know what you call it, but it was also on, her, on his campaign, a, uh, settlement, 
um, out of his campaign funds, not his personal funds. And uh, DOJ prosecuted John Edwards, and John Edwards was acquitted at trial. Um, and it was it was pretty clear from that acquittal that you know some of these things, uh, you know, a personal slash uh, campaign expense, you know, might not rise to that level of a campaign finance violation. But I will tell you this: what what, what really is is at, at the heart of this issue is this is the idea of a settlement agreement. Whether Donald Trump was intimate with Stormy Daniels, I believe. Uh, President Trump. I don't think he was, um, but you know, either way, it, it doesn't matter for the for the purposes of the, what I'm going to explain. And that is, is that certainly uh, in 2016, in the fall, he was running for president. He was a candidate. Uh, certainly, a settlement to keep somebody quiet from speaking out, you know, could be argued to you know have benefited his campaign. But not everything that benefits your campaign is a campaign expense. If you're a candidate and you go to lunch during a campaign stop and you pay for your own lunch, that's certainly not a campaign violation. And so, uh, on the other hand, you know, it's also um, a personal uh, expense that, you know, because obviously it didn't just affect his campaign, it affected his personal life, it affected his relationship with his wife, relationship with his kids, relationship with his business. So, this at, at best, it's a, it's, a, it's a combo personal and campaign expense. And under the law, that doesn't make it a campaign expense and therefore a violation of campaign finance law. And I can give you an even stronger argument, and that is that the Federal Election Commission looked at this exact same fact pattern as well, in addition to the Southern District of New York, and they also concluded uh, that this was not a campaign finance violation. So, you know, in my mind, uh, this is a very aggressive, and, and, and it takes this campaign finance violation, uh, this felony, um, to get this, what was otherwise a misdemeanor we were talking about, this falsification of business records to be elevated to a felony and therefore, you know, actually do some, you know, some real, um, meaningful, you know, uh, legal damage to, you know, the president. Well, and campaign finance violations, you know, typically it ends up in, in a fine. I mean, New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, is currently facing likely fines for accepting legal campaign contributions uh, improperly, accounting for them, and then also ignoring requests for documentation by state election authorities, certainly don't think he's going to be facing a felony by Alvin Bragg. And that's really where this thing gets really dubious is because let's say on its face, it would potentially be a, a misdemeanor, but the statute of limitations are up for a misdemeanor on this particular case with Trump. So they're reaching for a felony. And for that, I mean, they must prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Not only did he intend, you know, declare, they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he intended by this falsification of records to conceal the commission of another crime in the process. I mean, a felony here, I'm not an attorney, you are, but just from a common sense standpoint, it seems like a reach on what they're accusing him of. It is. And, and the other thing is, you know, I'm not prone to whataboutism. I don't think it really furthers the arg argument very often, but in this case, it kind of does. I do do it sometimes. I'm not going to I know, lie. I know. But I, I, Sorry, go ahead. I mean, Hillary Clinton was fined for hiding the fusion GPS research, the Russian collusion, you know, the dossier as, as payments to a law firm. And certainly that's a falsification of a business record. And you don't see Alvin Bragg showing any interest in going after her for that crime, you know? So, um, and then, you know, we got this whole statute of limitations issue uh, as well. So you get the felony issue that we're talking about right now. And then you have a statute of limitations challenge. That's going to be very interesting how they, contort themselves because this the alleged you know behavior happened 
seven years ago and the statute of limitations for even a felony is five years, misdemeanors, two years. That's clearly passed uh, time-wise. And so, you know, I think this case, as we break it down, just becomes a, a huge leap um, to, you know, and, and under the guise of that they were just wanted to target Donald Trump and we're going to prosecute him no matter what. And so you mentioned for the felony, they're trying to say, um, as my understanding, is that because he's been outside of the state of New York, that somehow that like pauses the statute of limitations for the felony charge. Is that correct? I forget what the what it's exactly called. So my actual understanding of their argument is that the payments to Michael Cohen were over a couple of years and that they're barely within the last payment is within that five years. I think that I haven't heard the extra jurisdictional argument. Maybe there's one that's one as well, but um, I, I read a nice piece by your colleague, uh, Andy McCarthy, or maybe it was Jonathan Turley. One of them wrote kind of a breakdown of, of sort of this idea of how to get within the five years and still believe that it was a little uh, speculative to, to try to get it within that window of five years. Because I thought I was reading an article uh, from him as well, and I, I forget what it was called, but there's like a certain word for it that they can. But anyways. Well, you can toll the, the, the statute. Toll, toll. That was the word. Told, yep. Right. Yes. I don't, I don't, I just, I, I it's going to be a novel theory uh, under New York law. I just, I think it's, I don't, you know, usually if you're just in another state, that's not, I mean, if you're out of the country, I might toll, but in another state, I've never, I don't, that's not, I'm not familiar with that because. But again, this is they're going to use every aggressive technique uh, to try to, you know, prosecute Donald Trump. It's pretty clear to me right now. Well, but I mean, it seems like even in this conversation, even trying to come up with what they would possibly do. I mean, we're even reaching and trying to figure out how they would reach. So it's like, you know, <laughs> right. and, 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 and they have to get to a point of beyond a reasonable doubt here. And so I, I just feel like if we're even having a, you know trouble trying to figure out, you know, how they're reaching. I mean, how do they reach that standard? I don't know. I, I this is I've I've, I've found myself uh, in trying to explain this whole situation several times, just re- resorting to the I don't know because it doesn't make any sense. It's unprecedented, so we're you know we're, we're in brand new uh, uncharted territory. And at the same time, you know some of these legal theories and, and ideas that they're trying to use just don't make any sense to me. And you know, again, I'm used to. Um, where you bring a case uh, because you not only believe in the case, but it's it's one of your priorities. It helps your community, and um, and it, and it's you're gonna you're you're certain of that you're gonna uh, have a really good chance of winning the case uh, or getting a plea. Uh, this seems like completely the opposite of all those tenets. Um, it does, you know, it's not going to help the citizens of Manhattan at all. It's certainly not making their lives better. Uh, you know, and at the same time, uh, it just does not seem like uh, that the chance of winning this case is at best a coin flip. I think it's actually worse than that. I think the probability is probably less than 20% that they can actually get this to a conviction conviction that'll stick. Quick commercial break. More with Matt Whitaker. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. 
or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You hear people like Nancy Pelosi and the left and they say, oh, well, you know, Trump isn't above the law. You know, sure. I, I agree that no one's above the law, but he, but he I agree with that. I but totally he's not below that. it either, you know, and he's not he's not exactly. below the equal application of the law. And it's hard to imagine that this is if this was just, you know, any other person, even any other political candidate, that they would be trying to reach for a felony or even trying to potentially indict that individual on this. I completely agree with you. I, I think this is may cause, I know some, there's been some speculation that this would cause a quote unquote war. Um, but you're going to see, um, I'm worried, um, if this is successful, that there is going to be a real desire, um, for let's just say it for revenge for the right and their prosecutors to start targeting the left. And I don't think that, I don't think that should be done. I don't think it should be done on either side. I don't think there should be a targeting of individuals uh, by the state. And that's unfortunately um, what the Democrats appear to, to want. I mean, they just continue um, to pursue this path. And I don't think, I don't think they're going to end with Donald Trump. I mean, I, I just think all conservatives and certainly all, you know, high profile political office holders and, you know, pundits uh, are, are fair game in, in this, in Alvin Bragg's and George Soros and the liberal left's worldview. And, you know, I, I guess to some extent, you know, it's just like all other lawfare. It's just one of the tools in the battle between the sides, but it just, it's, it's when we make the, the, the political criminal, I, I think we all lose. And I think our founding fathers would be very concerned about what's happening right now. Well, and, and what's worrisome too is, I mean, look, the left looks at Trump like a trophy. You know, they're all trying to get that trophy to get him. But, you know, in the process, they've set the country on fire. You know, I mean, they've destroyed the rule of law. They've corrupted the FBI. They've corrupted the Department of Justice. 
uh, Americans have no faith in institutions or a government anymore. So in the process of trying to get Donald Trump since 2016, they've destroyed the country in the process. Isn't that what Marxists do ultimately? I mean, you know, they undermine the institutions and they, you know, they, they're, they're always quick to, you know, point the finger at um, those of us on the right and suggest that somehow we're, we, you know, we started or we did it. I mean, I don't think, I think trying to, you know, sort of uh, dismantle the permanent, uh, you know, uh, bureaucratic state is, is actually a good goal. Um, you know, I was, you know, I, I don't think there's any reason we start, shouldn't start having serious discussions about moving the government out of Washington, D.C. and into the states, you know, distributing the government to the people uh, instead of consolidating power within one national capital. Um, uh, I just, you know, I just think I think we I think we need to really roll up our sleeves and, 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 and rethink uh, how we get back to these basic and fundamental um, tenets of, of our founding, you know, our constitutional separation of powers, uh, not only between the three branches of federal government, between the, but between the federal government and the states. And I think we also need to look at uh, how, you know, the rule of law. I think we need to look at um, how we can make these uh, powerful position that prosecutors have uh, uh, accountable. Uh, and, and especially when you have uh, these places like Manhattan, where it's just one party rule. It is, it's, it's destabilizing our country. Um, and, you know, and it's also distracting our country, at least. So this is what I worry about. You know, we had massive banking challenges. We have, um, you know, serious national security challenges, uh, China and Russia and North Korea. And, and you know, we know uh, we have alliances with other countries uh, that they're begging us to engage and protect and work with them. I'm thinking of Australia and Japan, India are prime examples of that. Um, the world is not a safe place. And, uh, you know, the United States has to lead. And right now, the, Joe Biden and the Democrats, it's a clown show. And all they want to do is prosecute Donald Trump. It's it's really sad. Well, and in part, that might be why they're doing it, you know, as well, to try to distract from the fact that, you know, the country is falling apart at it seems right now. And to your point, centralization of government that has taken place uh, has, you know, destroyed the country. You know, what happens to a country when you lose the rule of law, which is the direction we're heading in in America right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, it's, it's not good. I mean, because then it becomes, um, you know, essentially what you have in China, where there's a there's a powerful elite that decide everything. You know, they decide what the law is, they decide who the law applies to, and who the law doesn't apply to, and then there's a you know obviously a consolidation of power and um, and wealth uh, among those people in control. It's not it's not good, but you know this is what. You know, Democrats would always love to take other people's money and, uh, you know, and, and, and pretend like they, you know, they're wealthy. Well, and that's the thing. They push things like, you know, socialism. But, you know, all that really does is empower the uh, elite. So if you're Bernie Sanders, you're, you're fine. You're part of the ruling class. It's everyone else that gets screwed. Let's say that this this goes down. You know, Trump is indicted. What sort of legal recourse does he have in all of this to try to continue to fight it? What's the process there? Knowing Donald Trump as I know him, he's going to fight uh, with everything he has. I hope he's got a good team of lawyers. I know some of them. I don't know all of them. Um, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of motions. If he's indicted, there's going to be a lot of motions. Um, and those motions, if they're denied or could be appealed, depending on uh, what, you know, what the characterization is. And then, you know, there's obviously uh, potentially federal 
um, appeals that could be done, especially in this campaign finance area we were discussing earlier. And so there's there's going to be a lot of twists and turns to this and a lot of opportunities for us to talk about it, Lisa. So I look forward to coming back on the future. It seems like it's potentially inevitable, but, uh, you know, and, and also I think one of the concerns too is, you know, they've tried to to make working for Trump so toxic. Can he get great legal help right now? Yeah. I mean, certainly um, the, I think that has been a challenge uh, for him is to find really good people that, um, you know, are willing to, I guess, you know, put everything on the, on the line to defend the rule of law. But I think, you know, again, I think the guy certainly working on the special counsel's investigation uh, is a great lawyer. And I think there will be others and there's plenty of, you know, good lawyers in New York city uh, that could help him on this case. And so I think he'll find, I think he'll find the right person, but his, you know, his fighting spirit is indomitable. And so I think that, you know, that will be, um, that will be good in the long term. If he is indicted, what are the next steps then that he would be facing in the process? Well, so if he's indicted, the next steps are um, uh, a a arrest warrant will be issued or a notice to appear. Um, you know, if if Alvin Bragg has any class, he will just give him a notice to appear. There will then be you know the initial appearance, the processing, which involves mugshot, fingerprinting, and the like, and then there will be a trial schedule set. Um, and a discovery uh, order that's put in place to for the government to turn over all the evidence that they have in their possession and all exam, ex, ex, exculpatory uh, evidence as well. And then, uh, you know, we just head to trial. Uh, you know, I think there'll be a lot of motions, like I said, a lot of appeals in, in the middle of all that. And then ultimately, we'll go, you know, there'll be a plea or a trial. I don't expect that this will be a plea. Um, but you know, again, we'll just, uh, each, each moment provides a, just a really interesting, uh, unprecedented moment in American history that we'll you know tell our children, our grandchildren about. It's just, uh, you know, it just, it, I don't know. It doesn't even feel like America anymore. It's just, it's really sad to, to see all this happen. Uh, it just feels like we're, our country's almost lost. Matt Whitaker, Liberty and Justice with Matt Whitaker is your podcast. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with, um, before we go? Everybody needs to participate in our Republic. Um, we can't just all stand by the sidelines. We need to all find a way to get involved, no matter again your per- political persuasion at all. I just think we all need to participate in civic life. And I think that's what our founding fathers expected. And I think we all need to live up to that in our own way. Well, I appreciate it, Matt. I know you're a busy guy. Everyone wants to talk to you. I appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the show. Hope to catch up with you soon under better circumstances. My pleasure, Lisa. Look forward to talking to you soon. So that was Matt Whitaker, a former acting attorney general under former president Donald Trump. You know, tough conversation, right? This is uh, some depressing stuff, but it's happening. So, you know, we got to talk about it and we have to cover it. I appreciate you guys for listening to the show uh, every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting it together. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a, a rating, a review. Always love reading those. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening. Two thirds of Americans are at risk risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com/lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com/lisa. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.